This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And I'm Mary Walters, sitting in for Newsmax's Rob Carson. Hopefully, Rob will be back with you soon. Hopefully, we'll be back tomorrow. This is my first time sitting in for Rob. I am so excited. Rob's a great friend, and I'm so happy that I'm, I'm able to sit in the seat for him. But here's the thing. Nobody can do a show like Rob. So I'm not even going to try to do Rob's show because Rob is a master. He's the only one that can do it that way. So I'm going to do me. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do. One of the things I love to do is I love to take phone calls from the audience. I love to hear what you have to say because you probably are a, a devout talk radio listener. So you're probably really informed. And I think that that's great. And I always learn something from listeners. Uh, And I love the way sometimes you take the conversation in a different direction. So you are always welcome to chime in. 1-800-922-6680. 1-800-922-6680. is my number. And and we're going to go through a a bunch of different things. But I found as I was prepping for the show this morning, I, I found that there seems to be an overarching theme to this country. And that is division. And I think there are a lot of different things that are contributing to it. So as we do this, we're going to talk about those things that are contributing to this perceived division in this country. And the first thing I want to start with, is it even perceived? Because I do, I think there is such a division in this country that I've never seen in my lifetime. I, I've never, I don't remember a point in time where you couldn't have a conversation with certain people because it always gets political or it and and all conversations are political now I was just having this I was just talking to a friend of mine and she lives in a very liberal area and so she and her husband are like on the down low they have to be on the down low or they get disinvited from parties like when people found out that they weren't vaccinated they got disinvited from parties it, it because and, and the theme I hear, and I'm sure they have the same discussion on the other side, and, and in the interest of full disclosure, I'm not a registered Republican. I'm an independent. In, in my state, I'm, I live in New Jersey. In my state, you cannot be independent. You are unaffiliated. So technically, in my <laughs> state, I'm unaffiliated. I'm not an independent. But I have found myself being pushed further to the right um, because of the left. And I find that you know, there's no tolerance from them at all, at all. The, the party that tells me how tolerant they are are the most intolerant. 
And I'm sure they will say the same thing about us, though. Oh, the right's so intolerant. They are waging war on this country, insurrection. We're trying to rip the country apart and on and on. You've, you've heard it. One of the other things that you'll learn about me is I like to get my news from a bunch of different sources. So I consume it all. I got up this morning in preparation for this show, and I put on MSNBC and Morning Joe. Why? Because I want to hear what the other side's saying. I got to hear what they're saying. Best I can tell, the only thing Mika talks about is the January 6th bipartisan, air quotes, uh, commission. She just loves that bipartisan commission. She loves the January 6th thing because she is so insane. She truly thinks that that's what's going to bring down President Trump. So let's talk about this division. And again, we could talk about it as we go throughout the show. But the Trafalgar Group and Convention of States sponsored a, a poll to be conducted. It was conducted by those two groups. They released the results yesterday. And according to this survey that they did, 54.2% of respondents said that Biden is responsible for the current divisions in national politics, with almost 40 percent, 39.4, saying he was very responsible and almost 15 percent saying he was somewhat responsible. Although 78.7 percent of Democrats did not connect Biden with any division in the United States, but it was 88 percent of Republicans and 64 percent of independents that said that the president was at least somewhat responsible for the current division in our country. That's an important number because there are a lot of Republicans who voted, who just either didn't vote for Trump or voted for Biden as a vote against Trump because they were just never Trumpers. They didn't like mean tweets. They thought he was mean. He was uncouth. He wasn't presidential. So they voted for Biden or didn't vote at all. And then we got this. But 64 percent of independence is really important because I think a lot of independents did go for Biden for the reasons I just stated. A lot of never Trumpers went for for Biden or didn't vote at all. The independents are a growing group in this country because there's a lot of dissatisfaction with both parties. Like I'm not a registered Republican because I think the Republicans are feckless. They don't fight and they drive me crazy. It's, it's like dating the boyfriend forever who'll never commit to marriage. Right. <laughs> it's just like after a while, it's like I'm not I'm just not doing this anymore. But who do you blame? Because I read this and I thought, I don't blame Biden. I don't. I don't think Biden's running the show. I don't think Biden knows what the heck is going on, period. He just shows up where he's supposed to show up. And as a reward, they give him an ice cream cone. He's like a little kid. And I don't say that to be mean to him. I do think he has genuine cognitive issues, which aren't funny. But his handlers, in my humble opinion, are committing elder abuse by parading this man around as an empty suit and using him as a front for the power behind the throne. So I don't blame Biden. Could Biden come out and, you know, could he have visited the people in the hospital who were who were mowed down by that terrorist in Waukesha? Yeah, he could have, but he didn't. He's not going to because his handlers aren't going to tell him to do it. I blame the media. I blame the media. That's who I blame in this country for this big divide. So you've got 88 percent of Republicans, 64 percent of independents blaming Biden. Now, I, I can give him a little bit of blame, but like I said, I blame the media. And and look, look at, for instance, let's take what we just went through. Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, right? He is enrolled as an online student at Arizona State University. Online student at Arizona State University. There is a group called Students for Socialism, and they are leading a rally planned for tomorrow to demand that the, the university expel Rittenhouse. He's an online student. But apparently him just being online is too much for their tiny little mush balls that they call brains to handle. 
a flyer went out saying killer off campus. And they said the university has to protect students from a violent, bloodthirsty murderer. It doesn't matter that he was acquitted on all charges. That doesn't matter. Why? Because they probably don't even know why he was acquitted because of the media that they consume lied to them for months. For a year, that media lied to them, told them that it was racist. No, the only person who who was black in the entire Kyle Rittenhouse um, altercation was Jump Kick Man, who who we now find. Well, there's a whole thing with that, with the prosecution and whether they knew who he was and whether they're protecting him and on and on and on. They laid out a list of demands, which includes expelling Rittenhouse. They referred to him as a racist. Why? Because the media has been telling them for a year that Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist, even though all three men who were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse were white. They called on the university to withdraw Kyle Rittenhouse from ASU and to release a statement against white supremacy and racist murderer Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, if I were Kyle Rittenhouse, I'd be hoping that they do that because he can then add them to the list of people that he's going to sue. And he's probably never going to need a college education ever or at the rate he's going to go. If he follows in the steps of Nick Sandman, he can probably buy ASU when all is said and done. Uh, The demands, they, they honed in, as I said, on racism and white supremacy. But it's weird because there was no one of color involved in any of this. They want the university to reaffirm support for the multicultural center on campus as a safe space from white supremacy, as well as redirect funding from ASU Police Department to support the multicultural center and establishment of a CARE, C-A-A-R-E, campus on, uh, center on campus. I don't know what that is because I make it a point to not pay attention to nonsense. So I have no idea what that stands for. C-A-A-R. I'm sure it's some kind of liberal, white people are bad, center, you know, where they mix them with puppies and coloring books. Now, this protest is also backed by uh, ASU's Students for Justice in Palestine and a Mexican-American group called Mecha, D-A-S-U. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Um, now, remember, ASU, you, I don't know if you saw the video, but a video made the rounds a couple months ago, and it was two white male students and sitting there, and they were, you know, it looked like a library to me, and they were using their laptops. And one of them had a sticker on the laptop that said, Police Lives Matter. And two black young ladies, students, I am assuming as well, uh, confronted them and told them that they had to get out. They weren't welcome in this place. This place was for um, for people of color. White people weren't allowed in. But it's a quote-unquote multicultural center. So it's every culture except whatever a white person happens to be or someone who looks white. It's not for you, especially white males. So it's it's a place where there's a lot of tolerance. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. There's no tolerance. So who do you blame for that? And who do you blame when you see this this survey that says that um, 60% of those polled say the country's on the wrong track? And uh, they say that 88% of Republicans, 64% of independents blame President Biden for this. Who do you blame? And do you agree that we are at like a point in time where it's actually scary with the division in this country. There's, there's so many people I just don't talk to anymore because I don't want to have to listen to it. I just don't, I don't want to be lectured about being a horrible person. I don't, I don't want to hear about, you know, my white privilege. And I've never had anyone go that far with it, 
but you get the little digs, you know, the little things here and there, or you can't say things you don't want to say. You have to censor yourself because I'm tired. You know, I'm just tired. I can't. Sometimes I do. I, I will absolutely return the grenades sometimes just to watch the fireworks and amuse myself. But for the most part, I, I just, I don't know. And I'll tell you, I think that's actually a good thing because they won't see it coming. They didn't see the Trump 2016 win. They didn't see it coming because they were so involved in their echo chamber. They didn't see it coming. They saw it coming in 2020. Now, how they pulled that one off is, a, is up for debate. I personally think that there were shenanigans that happened at all at the same time in the middle of the night, and those questions had never been answered, but that's just me. And I think that adds to all of this, too. But the the media, and I've got a couple of more examples of the media and censorship and, and how they control speech that plays in here. So I blame the media for the division in this country. As I said, I, I blame the media, and we talked about Kyle Rittenhouse and how the media, because of their lies and their disinformation, disinformation is really just a fancy word. It's just like, it's, it's lies. But because of their lies to fit a narrative, they, they have an entire segment of the country which doesn't believe that Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't guilty. They believe Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist. They believe that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist because the media, their source of knowledge, their source of news, uh, told them so. And I think a lot of times both sides, not just the left, but both sides live in a bubble. You know, they, they, they only consume what they want to hear because it's soothing, especially in like, especially now when everything's crazy like the crazy has been amped up to 12 not even 11 it's up to 12 the crazy in this country everything's a crisis and what did uh, Rahm Emanuel say never let a good crisis go to waste and it's something that the left does really well is they capitalize on crises really well and they use them to their advantage but they're also using them to control the narrative and keep a portion of the population uninformed lied to and so set in their beliefs that they feel that what they believe is right is. So we've got this this divide. Um, 60% of those polled say the country's on the wrong track and both political parties are very unpopular. The president of Convention of States Action, which uh, commissioned this poll, his name is Mark Meckler, said President Biden came to office promising a new era of America unity and he's fulfilled that promise. Joe Biden has brought together a coalition of independents, Republicans and Democrats united in their disdain for his policies. He also he was a former strategic. He was a former advisor to Bill Clinton, and he wrote a piece in The New York Times. And he said, if Democrats remain on their current course and keep coddling and catering to progressives, they could lose as many as 50 seats and control of the House of the 2022 midterm elections. Yelling Trump, Trump, Trump when Trump is not on the ballot or in office is no longer a viable campaign strategy. And thankfully, good news, they don't seem to be stopping. They haven't gotten the message. But just because Republicans get control, in my brain, it's just going to only amp up the crazy because we have a very, very, we're being ruled by a very small minority. It's the tyranny of the minority. And the media is taking it and giving them a huge voice and amplifying them to the point where the people who are the silent majority literally is the silent majority because you just don't want to hear it. Let's go to Rob in Baltimore. Hi. Hi, Mary. I, you know, the media, one of the great conservative talk shows, at one, I can't remember who said it, that they're the most dangerous thing in America. 
when they really have a control of the narrative. And I just wonder how much are they being controlled by the New World Order? The people who just have the huge bucks and can get their their money into all these countries. And, and I think that the New World Order has a, their slogan would be, no lives matter. That's it, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't really know. I haven't really delved into the whole new world order thing. And I keep hearing about the big reset and the big lie and all this stuff. Um, I, I wonder, and Rob, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining me. But here's the thing. I, I have to think, I guess in my brain, I'm at the point right now where I have to think that I have some control. And if I believe that there's this big cabal of these, you know, the Bilderberg or whomever you happen to think it is, the Illuminati, I've seen all sorts of different things. Um if I truly believe that or start to come to believe that, I think it takes away all hope of any kind of um, control. And I think people need control. We need to have a sense of some control because even at home, we don't have control, right? We can't control because of the prices and the gas and the this and the that and everything else. After a while, it weighs on you. And so I think we need that sense of control. So I don't know a whole lot about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from it for my own mental health. But thank you. Let's quickly head to Keith and Odenton. Keith, we have about a minute and a half. Hi. Okay. Hi. I'll be quick. I just wanted to remind you, you may have even mentioned this, but I didn't hear it. But there were two things that Biden has said in the past. Um, the division didn't start with him, but he's thrown salt on the wound for quite some time. But it was back in 2012 when he was running with Obama against Romney and uh, Paul Ryan. Mm-hmm. And the famous quote where he said something about unchain Wall Street, and then he said, they want to put you all back in chains. Yes. You know, you're, you're right, Keith, and I will say, and you've tapped into something that I, I also believe in. I'm so, so thank you for calling because you reminded me of it. Have a great day, and, and thanks for listening. I look back, and I agree with Keith. I think this division, this great division, started with Obama. And the media took it, though, and amplified it and allowed it to happen because they are so invested in the left. And they're so dumb because if you look at any communist re- revolution that has happened in the world— they take out eventually the media and take them all out and shoot them, right? It's It starts, you know, with the, the, the teachers, another group of, of people who aren't too bright, because they're also the ones that are going to get go- the ones that are going to go. They're going to take them all, round them all up and, and shoot them. American Hartford Gold is a sponsor of this program. The government's spending is out of control. Dark days ahead for the dollar. It's going to happen, guys. It's history repeating itself. Welcome back, Carter. <laughs> so here's what you can do. The only company I would recommend is American Hartford Gold. They sell physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA. They make it easy. They have the highest rating from the Better Business Bureau, an A-plus rating. If you call them right now, I'm going to give you the number. So grab a pen real quick. All right? Grab a pen real quick. You can get up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. All right? So here's the number. 866 204 8226-866-204-8226. If you don't have a pen with you or you don't, you, know, you, know, you have no short-term memory like Joe Biden, uh, just text ROB, R-O-B, to 65532. ROB to 65532. ROB, 65532 for American Hartford Gold. 
We are talking um, about the division in this country. Uh, there was a poll that was recently done that said the majority say that Biden's to blame for the division in the United States. And and I think it's been going on for far longer than that. We're building and it's getting worse every year. But I blame the media. The media is complicit. The quote unquote media is really propaganda. They went from being reporters and media to just promoting a far left agenda. And, you know, facts be damned. I mean, how many times has the Washington Post had to, had to publish retractions? The New York Times, how many times have they had to publish retractions? Nobody learned anything from Nick Sandman when it came to Kyle Rittenhouse. Nick Sandman, the one uh, with the Covington Catholic school kid who was totally dragged through the media, called, you know, a racist and all these horrible names. And, and when the when the evidence was out there, same thing with Kyle Rittenhouse, the evidence was out there. And they just rush to judgment to promote a narrative because if they can, if they can turn just just a, a handful of people, it furthers their goal of putting themselves out of business. But they don't seem to care. Someone's paying them. I don't know who. Who's paying the people at CNN? They're awful. They're, more people watch the Hallmark Channel than watch half the shows on CNN. MSNBC slightly better. I will give them that. But CNN's unwatchable. They're not even in airports anymore. They don't even have a captive audience in airports anymore. So I blame them. Uh, and, and I do think our last caller said, Keith said that uh, this started um, under Obama. And I agree with him. I think that's when the racial divide in this country started was under Obama. It's been simmering. But Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton had kind of faded away. You know, they were kind of they, they had kind of lost. Now they're back. Now they got now they're back. You know, the race hustlers are back. And, you know, racism is a big industry in this country now. And if you don't believe me, look at Patrice Colors, the woman who founded Black Lives Matter, one of the founders. She's doing quite well in her gated communities with an S behind her walls and fences and gates with private security. And the irony of that is not lost on me, you know, because capitalism's awful. And Black Lives Matter wants to she's a proud trained socialist. Yeah, that's what they do. They, socialism for you, but after I've made my money and I have several homes, that, 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 then we do socialism. Terrell, in Owings Mills, you are on The Rob Carson Show. Hi. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Now, you disagree with me, so I'm glad. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, you know, it, all the division started when Donald Trump lost the election. Okay? Donald Trump is, a, is, a, is one and done, and, and he still wants to carry it on like he won. I mean, and then you got the, uh, uh, the, uh, the thing that happened on January the 6th. And you go out there and you ask people like Jim Jordan, you know, what, what were you doing uh, the morning of, uh, of January the 6th? You know, did you talk to the president? And he can't answer. You know, everybody's bowing to Donald Trump all because he lost. And he's not going to come back. Chris Christie says he, he's one and done. He's not coming back. Uh, uh, Johnson Carl says he's one and done. He's not going to come back. So I believe those guys. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I first of all, they, they don't speak for me just because they have a microphone. Listen to me just because they have a microphone. No, no, <laughs> but I don't pretend to speak for you either. That's why I love a phone because I love the, the audience to, to call in and, and give me their opinion. Because, you know, without you guys, there, there's no show. But here's the thing. I thought it, I think it started under Obama. Uh, didn't Obama have the beer summit where the cop was automatically wrong because he was a white cop and the victim was black or the, the, the other guy at the other end of this was black. So Obama had his beer summit to bring both sides together. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of racial division started under Obama. And, and I, I listen, do I think that the, what happened in 2020 absolutely exacerbated the divide in this country? I think I think it absolutely sped it up. No, no 
question about that at all. But what I find interesting is the media and their lack of curiosity about the allegations about that election. Where if you if you consume media that is not, you know, the propaganda arm of the DNC, you see a lot of stories coming out of Georgia and Arizona and Michigan and other states where people are being arrested and prosecuted for for voting illegally and where there's questions of thousands and thousands of ballots that were counted and never should have. If the media was actually doing its job then we would have some kind of investigation into that. We would have some kind of curiosity about that. But we don't have any curiosity. It's not being, it's not being looked at at all. Well, what about the, uh, the birth certificate that Donald Trump did, did with Obama? You know, you know who was, brought that up first? Huh? You know who brought that up first? Well, they said it was under John McCain. I, I, no, no, uh, no. You, said, no, you know who Clinton. first questioned no, Barack Obama's birth certificate? Well, well. But Wait, no, hold on. Do you know who first questioned and made it an issue? The first person to question it and bring it up in a campaign against Barack Obama. Do you know who it was? Yes, I do. Who? You, you're saying it's Hillary Clinton. I don't. Think it so. was Hillary Clinton. No, no, ding, no, no. ding, ding. Okay, okay well, okay. Well, well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you one daggone thing. But did, did Donald Trump have to continue it? Wait a minute. If you want to go there, then did, did the left have to? Who was it? Uh, the guy who got he left from um, Las Vegas. Oh, gosh, his name's totally escaping me. I could see his face. He got the black guy. He was the one who said that Mitt Romney didn't pay his taxes. And when when he was asked, well, you know, do you have any proof of that? He goes, I don't need any at work, didn't it? Well, I didn't hear so that that's story. what politics is. They lie yeah, all the time. All the time. And if you're looking saying. at politicians for the truth, you're looking up the wrong, you know, you're in the wrong church, not even the wrong pew. So I don't look to politicians for the truth. Well, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So, so what are you looking at as being prejudiced? Because if you're looking at it, if Hillary Clinton brought it up and Donald Trump brought it up, are they prejudiced against black people? I didn't know. I don't. I don't think they're prejudiced against. I think they were asking a question. There. Wait. 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 Do you know the Democrats had? A, wait a minute. The Democrats had an inquiry into a John McCain's whether his eligibility to run for president because he was born in the Panama Canal Zone. Okay, they held an inquiry about that. And the Republicans said, yes, let's hold an inquiry to make sure he's eligible to run. That same group of people, the Democrats, blocked an inquiry into Barack Obama to see if he was eligible to run. Why? I don't know. Well, that's a good question. But shouldn't that question be asked? That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying we have a divide in this country because questions are only asked on one side, not both sides. And so you have a divide because of that. Okay, but let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? How come they don't want to investigate uh, 106? How come Steve Banning don't want to go to the Hill? How come uh, 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 Jim Jordan don't want to go to the Hill? How come uh, McCarthy don't want to go to the Hill? Don't you want to know about that? I sure do. I absolutely want to know about it. I want the, all the video released, but Nancy Pelosi won't release it. says it's the government's property and the, the public doesn't have a right to see the video. How come? I want to know about that. I want to know who told the National Guard that the National Guard couldn't be called in when the Capitol Police asked for it days in advance. Who made that decision? I want to know that. I want to know, you know, so many people said they were there. They weren't there. I want to know why the, uh, there was a shooting there of a fatal shooting, but yet we we don't know if any warning was given. We don't know why wasn't there non-lethal force available. Why not? I want to know about that. But here's the problem with January 6th. None of those questions will be um, asked. I want to know why Nancy Pelosi wouldn't allow for the first time in history of Congress, Nancy Pelosi would not allow the minority uh, party to appoint their own members to the committee. How come? Why did she block that? Those are I think it's I'm on your side. I want all those questions answered. And because we're not going to have all those questions answered, only the questions that Nancy Pelosi wants asked 
asked will be answered. And that's it. And that's why the January 6th commission to me is a sham. Let's go to George from Howard County in his car. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I just I just have a, a belief that uh, at this point I can't prove, but I think it'll come out. I actually believe that Barack Obama is behind the scenes pulling the strings of Joe Biden. And he's just at this point getting all the things that he wanted to do when he was in office, but didn't be able, wasn't able to. I agree with you. I don't think you're far off on that. And thank you for your call. Drive carefully. I don't think he's far off on that. Barack Obama didn't move out of Washington, D.C. Why? Why is he still there? Do you have another president that's hung out in Washington, D.C. after their term was over? Not too many. I think Susan Rice is involved. I think Valerie Jarrett's involved. And who the heck is Valerie Jarrett, by the way? Where'd she come from? Um, so so I, I agree. I don't, I don't think Joe Biden's in control of anything. So that's not, you know, all that much news to me. Uh, let, let's see. Also, you know, when was this normalized? You got Black Lives Matter launching Black Christmas. They've done this for a couple of years now. They call it Black Xmas. And they talk about, um, you know, only voting, only buying at black owned businesses. And I just don't understand. Can you imagine? I was always taught that if you turn it around and it sounds racist, then it's racist and you shouldn't say it or do it or whatever. But not anymore. Saying don't buy from white people is totally cool now. But if you said don't buy from black people, you would be hung out and pilloried. You know what I mean? You'd be hung out to dry. You're off social media. You're canceled. You're done. But they can say it and it's okay. But the dirty little secret is Black Lives Matter destroyed more black minority owned businesses than white businesses. But we can't talk about that because that's not doesn't fit the propaganda. The other division is between the elites and everyone else. You have the Hollywood elites. You have elites in in like music. You have which I guess fall into Hollywood. Uh, you have the elites in government. We have a ruling class now that this is their job. Nancy Pelosi is worth. Uh, I, last thing I've read was over a hundred million dollars. How did she get there with her salary? I'm just curious how that happened. How do so many of these people go into Washington D.C. as you know making an okay salary? And they come out gazillionaires. Nancy Pelosi just bought some, an $11 million, at least I, I'm going to say allegedly bought because it was on Twitter. And I take all that with a grain of salt. But an $11 million, 6,000 square foot beachfront home, not in California where the beaches are beautiful, in Florida where the taxes are low. That's where Nancy Pelosi went. If we had media, they would be talking about that. But they don't want anybody to know about that because it doesn't push the agenda. But when did it become okay for people to say, take your money from white, uh, white corporate banks and, and put your money in black-owned banks? Invest in black-led, black-serving organizations. Spend exclusively with black-owned businesses from Black Friday through New Year. Can you imagine if you said only Asian companies or only white companies or any other group? Hispanic you can get away with. Can you imagine? When did that become okay? Let's talk a little bit about the Omicron version of COVID. So this, as we know, first showed its face in South Africa. And the national chair of the South African Medical Association is a woman named Dr. Angelique Cotis. And she uh, is the one who first reported on this, and she's the one who first found it. Here she is discussing 
the variant and the symptoms that are associated with it and the hype that is also being associated, which is far outweighing any other facts having to do with Omicron. Looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we are seeing, currently there's no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. I also checked with the hospital, some of the hospitals in my area, and one of the biggest hospitals they only have one patient currently that's COVID positive on a ventilator, and they don't even know whether it's COVID, uh, you know, it's Delta or whether it is um, Omicron related. We acknowledge that it might change going forward. But the hype that's been created currently out there in the media and worldwide doesn't correlate with the clinical picture. Um, and it doesn't warrant to just cut us off from any traveling and ban South Africa as if we are the villains in the whole process. It should not be like that. Apparently the symptoms are that you some you get body aches and you feel fatigued and it lasts about two two days. Like, wow, that kind of sounds like the flu. No, I'm not comparing it to the flu, so stop losing your mind. All right. I'm not comparing COVID to the flu. But the Omicron variant kind of sounds like the flu. And most of us, if it's only two days, I had the flu, I think could have been COVID. Don't know. But it was in March of 2020. So this is when this was first starting. They sent me home from work, told me, don't come back. <laughs> You're going to work remotely forever. Uh, and I went home and I had a fever, low grade. Like, I think I think maybe 102 was the highest it ever got for three days. Felt miserable. And, you know, once my fever broke, took a shower and I was like, woohoo, I felt like a new woman. So that's th- those symptoms were more severe than this. Yet we're losing our minds. And this is where I go back to what we were talking about last hour. The media is so complicit in so much of this. It's awful. And, and here's where my tinfoil hat comes out. This is about control. This isn't about keeping you safe. I, I don't know how many people believe that anymore. As I said, I, I'm in New Jersey, and my husband is an ICU doctor, okay? So he had one day off in March, one day off in April, and two days off in May of 2020. That was it. We were in the thick of it. it he had COVID patients up to his eyeballs. And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what they were facing in the beginning, and, and I get it. But I, I just think that people have COVID fatigue now. I do. And I noticed that most people aren't wearing masks. I, there's a big box store that I was in yesterday, and they have a sign very prominently displayed. And it says, uh, we, all of our associates will be wearing masks. And we ask that guests also, you know, wear masks as well, and, you know, in compliance with our corporate policy. And I would say 80% of the people walked right by that sign with no mask on. And they're like, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. And I'm like that. I'm done. You try a lockdown for this. I, I, I can't imagine that a lot of people are going to comply. I could be wrong. I look at what's happening in Australia and I'm shocked. They're literally pulling people out of their homes. And if you have COVID um, symptoms or you test positive for COVID, they send you to a camp, a quote unquote camp. And you don't make potholders on, on that little loom thing at that camp. It's, it's to, to put you, you know, they're trying to break people who haven't gotten the vaccine. Although I know two people who got COVID from someone who, ha- who had the vaccine was vaccinated. I know vaccinated people who, who have gotten COVID. So when I hear this, I just, I 
think that we're going to hear. And she's right. The hype has just been so hyped. <laughs> uh, just to, in my humble opinion, not to keep us safe. I don't think they, I truly don't believe the government wants to keep me safe. I think that I don't think they care. All they want me to do is keep paying and shut up and just tell, do what they tell me to do. I don't know if that flies in this country, although I'm shocked when I see, I didn't, never thought I'd see the day where you have police officers tackling parents and taking them out of a school board meeting because they're saying something the school board doesn't want to hear. I never thought I'd see that day in this country. So I don't know where this goes if they do another lockdown. I, I, I don't know. Now, the CEO of Moderna, Stefan Bansell, was on um, Squawk, uh, Squad Box, or I think it's Squawk Box on CNBC uh, yesterday. Now, I was going to play it for you, but he has a very heavy French accent, and it's a little difficult to understand. But so, so as I said, he's the CEO of Moderna, and he said it's going to be months before they can develop and ship a COVID-19 Omicron variant vaccine. Why? Why? <laughs> if the symptoms, isn't it better to get COVID, and especially that way with a mild case, there are people, I have family members who tested positive for, did the um, the blood titers, tested positive and never knew they had it, had zero symptoms. I'm a big fan of, you know, it makes you stronger, you know, the, 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 the antibodies. Why are we discredited? This is, do you know, this is the only country that doesn't give credit to people for having had COVID and, and having that immunity from COVID. In this country, if you don't have the vaccine, you're you're unclean. In a lot in every other country, they will accept the antibodies, you know, having a card showing your papers that you have the antibodies as as good as a as a vaccine in order to participate in the world. Uh, he said a higher dose, just like their regular vaccine, a higher dose could be done right away, right away, but it will be months before the Omicron specific variant is ready to ship in massive quantities. So let me ask you a question. How many boosters are you going to get? I know people who have had, and I'm trying, I'm not naming names, who have had their the initial vaccine and then the, the second shot, you know, three weeks later, whatever it's supposed to be. But they are not getting, they are not getting the uh, booster. They're like, nope. Done, not getting the booster. They're already recommending a fourth shot for seniors. It's grandma's going to be in, in the pharmacy every six weeks to get a, another vaccine for COVID because it's going to continue to mutate. It's like the flu and other um, viruses. They mutate to stay alive. If they're super powerful, like when you first get it and they, they kill off the host, they don't have as much time to spread. Right. So they become they become easier to spread, but they don't but they come less become less severe in order to continue to survive. They're very smart, apparently smarter than a lot of people I know. Uh, he said that once Moderna learns about the new variant, they learn more about it. They may consider allocating higher doses of the existing shots, including a fourth dose for the elderly. How many shots are you going to get? Hmm? When do you finally say, OK, enough is enough? Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.